It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, this is uh, Jay Harwood with the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. And welcome back to the Mets Airways, uh, old friend Curtis Granderson. Curtis, my first question to you is, what's next for Curtis Granderson now? I actually, you know, before we do what's next, I want everybody on the podcast to give Jay Horowitz a big uh, round of applause <laughs> for his amazing years with the Mets. He's obviously in the alumni position now. But, uh, Jay, thank you from the bottom of my heart for treating yeah. me amazing in the blue and orange of my tenure with the Mets. So yeah. hopefully to your audience out here listening, Jay is the man. And uh, thank uh, you guys for having me. Well, I appreciate it, Curtis. So uh, what, what's very welcome. I know first time since 2004, Curtis, no spring training for you. How it's does that crazy. Feel? You know what? I actually saw on the Mets Instagram page, there was a little post they did really unique. It said pitchers and catchers report. I think this was last week. And I said, already? You know, it's amazing how the time and the schedule typically flows. But I, I'm enjoying being home. It's nice and sunny here in Chicago today, even though it's cold, but the sun is out. And just looking forward to, to being with family and friends and continuing to grow my nonprofits. Going to stay involved in the game of baseball, but in what capacity? I'm not 100% sure yet. I know, you know, you have some uh, announcing opportunities uh, in front of you. I guess you're going to take your time and look at what's, what's good and what's good for you in the future. Yeah, that's the big thing. You know, there's a lot of people telling me the things that they think I should do. But I think the biggest things I need to filter through myself is, one, what do I enjoy doing? What do I want to do? And the biggest thing that I think a lot of people overlook, what don't I want to do? And as I start to go ahead and start to cross some things off the list, you know, everything will start to take shape here and there. The broadcast stuff is definitely a possibility. I did it most recently this past offseason, which was great, getting a chance to be on the Turner cast with Jimmy Rollins and Pedro Martinez and Gary Sheffield. You know, really great group of guys. Two of those guys I played with, Pedro's the first time I got a chance to meet with him. So that's definitely an option. Just got to see if it all makes sense in addition to everything else. I know one thing you'll probably do, a little more Kansas University basketball games down the road. Oh, man, that's still on my list. So for, for your audience out there, I'm a huge Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan. And throughout my entire life being a fan, which spans back to the late 80s after Danny Manning. I know Danny Manning went there and he won a championship in 88. But I actually got on with Adonis Jordan and Rex Walters and Greg Ostertag and Scott Pollard, Jacques Vaughn. And I've seen them play multiple times, but I've yet to see them play in Allen Fieldhouse at the Fog. And the crazy part about it is in college, we played against the University of Kansas in Lawrence baseball. So I've actually got a chance to walk into Allen Fieldhouse. I've met Bill Self, but I've yet to see them play in Lawrence. So it's definitely on my bucket list of things. Yeah, Baylor is going to be a tough uh, composition for you guys this year. Baylor's pretty good. Absolutely. That's what makes the Big 12 and NCAA one of my most favorite and exciting moments of the season. So the fact that I don't have spring training and I can watch all the games for March Madness is going to be, you know, icing on the cake. Curtis, well, one of the things that I uh, really love about you, what you've done in career, I've been around a long time, and when an opposing player comes back, they're never cheered, but you come back with the Dodgers, Milwaukee, Toronto, the Brewers, and every time you came back, you got a standing ovation. To me, that's remarkable. I mean, what... 
What, what do you think, you know, your attachment to the Mets fans here, you know, what do you think about that? You know, it's crazy, Jay. As soon as you said that, I kind of got chills because uh, the fans did an amazing job of just acknowledging and, and, and cheering and respecting the different things I did, both as a player on and off the field in the city of New York for the Mets and for the Yankees organization as well. I mean, I got chances to be there for eight years. So I think, you know, a lot of people that span the, the, the fan base there are a fan of both. There are obviously some that are definitely Met fans and some that are Yankee fans. But when I got a chance to come back to City Field all those different times, like you mentioned, I mean, I didn't expect, you know, for a standing ovation. You know, I was going to sign my autographs like I always did, which was a ton of fun. But the fact that they cheered me when I pinch hit, uh, the fans were, were, were joking with me, but excited with me when I was out in left field telling me to move in and move back. And I was listening to them. And so they applauded me. And even a big one here, Jay, which I'm not sure if you realize, the Seven Lime Army came to Toronto when I was with the Blue Jays back in Yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, man. And they were up in right field, and they were up there chanting and cheering and doing Grandy Man chants, and I acknowledged them, and the place went nuts. So, you know, there's just a combination of so many different things that the Blue and Orange fan base did an amazing job from the Seven Line to the fans behind home plate to the outfield. So thank you to all of you. How about your pregame autograph, Richie? You always found time, no matter what the situation was, early and late in the season, you had the ritual to go out and sign autographs for X amount of time. Is that something you've done throughout your entire career? It has. It actually started, I was, uh, I think, a 12 or 13-year-old boy, and I, I remember writing a letter as a school assignment to Kirby Puckett, the late, great Kirby Puckett, and I actually got something back in the mail. It was a photograph with a, you know, a copied signature on it, but I was just super excited to get something back in the mail, and I said, now, if I get a chance to make it to the big leagues, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to sign some autographs for people when I'm on the field. And, you know, a lot of people pay money and time out of their day to come out to get a chance to see you play. And I would love to sign for all 30,000, 40,000, 60,000 fans at every game. But I definitely dedicate as part of my routine to get ready for the game to go out there and sign for, for as many people as I can before I have to go lead off or play defense in the outfield. And it's part of, put a part of what I do to get myself ready. And I feel kind of weird when I don't get a chance to do it. Curtis, get back to your, your charity work. You know, in 2016, you win the Clemente Award, the, you know, won the Marvin Miller Award. Was there any role model for you growing up that, you know, that, that give back as part of playing? Was it just getting the feeling of playing? Is there anybody you model yourself after for your career to do what you did? Uh, when I got a chance to be with uh, the, the Yankees and seeing Derek Jeter with the Turn 2 Foundation, you know, I got highly motivated when I remember being at an event of his and they made so much money for all the different chair, you know, individuals they were trying to help. And I said, I want to be like that one day. And I remember the first event we did, um, we raised about a thousand bucks and I was so disappointed. I was like, man, you know, here's Derek Jeter raising millions and I'm over here raising a thousand. But I took a step back and said, even though we only raised a thousand, that thousand is going to help some individuals. And that's what gave me the motivation to keep going. And now here we are. We've celebrated over 12 years with the Grandkids Organization and the Chicago Baseball and Educational Academy is now in its third year. Plus just different things from, you know, being involved with No Kid Hungry with the, the New York Mets organization and, and helping out in just different areas and aspects because somebody helped me get to this point. Now I'm in a position where I can help others, and it's just been something on my list of things to do for a very long time, and hopefully I'll get a chance to continue to keep doing it. And that. I'm sure with the, with the time you'll be able to do more stuff, you know, being in Chicago with the, you know, you expanded the grandkids from Chicago to New York. So what, is there any immediate plans for doing more, or you just keep doing more of the same, what you're doing? 
Well, I want to make sure that whatever we do has the most impact possible because sometimes even in just any life of business, you get too big too fast, you kind of dilute yourself. So I want to make sure that we're really focused on the things that we need to be. One, first and foremost, when we started the foundation back in 2007, it was focused on education and making sure kids had an opportunity to play this great game of baseball and softball. So we're going to definitely continue to keep doing that. We added in the Let's Move campaign with uh, Michelle Obama when she announced that in 2008. So with our fitness challenge, keeping kids active to fight childhood obesity, coupled with making sure kids had food to eat, the food insecure issue. So those are our main focus and objectives. So as long as we're continuing to do those things and whatever we do provides the biggest impact, we're definitely going to continue to keep doing it, whether it's in Chicago, my home, New York, which was kind of my second home, Detroit, where everything started. And anywhere else, you know, I've played in Toronto. We brought the fitness challenge to Puerto Rico. So we've got some international legs on it, but I want to make sure that we do it right no matter where we go. Kurt, I understand you don't live too far from the state of you built. You went to University of uh, Illinois at Chicago. You built the, you know, contribute five million to the stadium. And I, I guess you want to expand the stuff you do for the inner city kids around the stadium too going forward. Yeah, through the Chicago Baseball and Educational Academy, CBEA, we bring about 10,000 boys and girls from the Chicagoland area to the college campus at UIC, like you mentioned. They're practicing and playing and training and camps and clinics and mentorship and college campus tours, both inside and outside. So we're able to run it 365 days a year. And these are the types of things that I want to continue to keep going because a lot of these kids have never stepped foot on a college campus. A lot of these kids don't have a safe place to play. And here in the city of Chicago, that's a very segregated city. You got kids from certain sides of the city that have never interacted or seen anybody from the other side of the city. So it's 60 community partners. We're bringing them all together, letting them realize that they're not too much different than everybody else. And this is a fun thing that we're getting a chance to do by playing this great game of baseball. Chris, it took baseball for a little bit. Looking back on your career, 16 years, 344 home runs, 346 doubles, 95 triples, um, over 150 stolen bases. Um, and you did it with class. And we got to look back and say, hey, I, I did pretty good for myself. It was a pretty good career. Oh, man, you know, to, to, to hear you read off the numbers is, is amazing because I, I remember just playing the game as a kid and having fun and just wanting to be out there and play as long as I could. And then as you start to get evaluated and, and rated from different scouts and prospects, I was told that I wasn't going to be fast enough to play center field. I was told I wasn't going to hit for enough power to play in the corners. At best, I may have panned out to be a fourth outfielder in the major leagues. I came from UIC, which wasn't a big baseball school, so there was no way I was going to be able to handle you know, big pitching. So the good thing about all those great things, instead of being told how good I was, it continued to motivate me to try to prove people wrong. So it was a blessing to be not at the top of the list and continue to do things and Come from Detroit to New York. You're not going to handle it here. You do well. Did I go to the other side? Well, this isn't the Yankees. You're not going to do well here. So we try to keep going and, and just getting an opportunity to play with so many great organizations and great teammates and fans. It was awesome. And it was all just driven by trying to continue to prove people wrong. 2015, 2060, Curtis, we you know go to the playoffs for two years in a row for the first time, second time in Mets history. About your adaptability, you, you signed a contract with the Mets. You basically signed as a right fielder, did below the lineup. Two years into your career, you become our primary leadoff hitter, have 21 leadoff home runs, and and play center field, which is really hadn't played for a while. Talk about how tough it was you to change your roles 
kind of mid-contract to do what the club needed you to do. You know, the crazy part about that, Jay, is the fact that a lot of people forget that the manager, then Terry Collins, is going to let the lineup go. As long as he communicates and lets everybody know, we as the players have to have the ability to adapt. We're Major League Baseball players. We're some of the best athletes in the entire world. If I can't move around and play one position or bat in a different part of the lineup, then I shouldn't be playing. And the fact that he had such a great coaching staff with Tom Goodwin as our outfield coach to give me repetition in left field, in right field, in center field. So when Terry needed to move me at any point in time, I was able to adapt and adjust. Kevin Long was our hitting coach for a majority of that time there, and he gave me the ability to be able to bat at the top of the lineup, to bat in the bottom of the lineup and in the middle of the lineup. So I think that adaptability is something that you're supposed to have as a professional athlete. And the fact that there was communication from top down, starting with Terry Collins and the rest of that coaching staff, made my job easy to say, hey, where do you need me to go, Skip? I'll go there and try to do my best as I can to give us an opportunity to win. But it was funny sometimes being out there in center field, knowing that I had a guy like Michael Conforto, who was 22 years old, to my left, going, hey, we should switch up a little bit here. You're the young guy. Come over here to center field. Chris, looking back at some of my favorite games, you tell me what you think my memory bank. In, um, in 2016, uh, a walk-off home run against the Dodgers in the bottom of the ninth, and perhaps one of my favorite games in, in 2016 against the Twins that year, yeah, he hit a, a home run in the 11th inning to tie the game next at bat. Yeah, and in 12th inning, he had a home run to win the game. Like only seven or eight players in Major League history have hit two home runs in, uh, in, in extra inning games. Were those two of your favorite games? They're definitely up there. I mean, you know, for first one, probably the biggest one, which I really had nothing to do with, was Bartolo Colon's home run in San Diego. That was probably number one on my list because I was on deck for that, and the seven-line army was in San Diego in full effect. But that walk-off home run against the Dodgers, like you mentioned, I remember I had struggled early in that game, and I was like, man, let me just try to do something positive here. And I was able to elevate a ball out of the ballpark to win it. And that Twins one was crazy because I think I pinch hit in that game. Right, I didn't start right. that game for some reason. So the fact that I came in and – you know, somehow I was able to get myself loose and relaxed to hit one home run to extend it and then hit the second one to win it. You know, again, that's just goes to the coaching staff for keeping me ready and, and always being available whenever the opportunity presented itself. And we, we did lose the 2015 World Series, really no fault of yours, with three home runs and five RBIs. And remember the catch you'd made in the first game, uh, and I, guess, I think it was against Dyson, and we wound up losing the game in 14 innings. But you know what, Chris, let me wrap it up. I appreciate your time. And, you know, I've been here a long time. And there's not a finer person I've ever worked with. Great player, great person, always great with kids. And it's a real honor for me to have worked with you all these years. And hopefully you can stay in touch. And best of luck, whatever you do. Whatever it is, I know it'll be great. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. And, yeah, please stay in touch. You got my contact information. Hopefully I'll see you again soon in New York. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.